The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome, Zena Kata, to Ladies First Fridays. That was our girl, Ari Chambers, accepting the first award of the night at the Hashtag Sports Awards. Shout out to Ari. Uh, And we just want to start off the show giving a friend of the show and someone who we both know some flowers, Mm -hmm. but also because she's so uh, instrumental to the promotion and elevation of not only the WNBA, which we're about to talk about, but women's sports as a whole. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the fact that this is moment was about Ari and she still took the opportunity to plug everyone else. She plugged other people to follow. She plugged sports that people should follow. And that really just kind of intimates everything that she's done in this space for women's sports is always shining light on everyone else. And that's why this award is more deserving. I mean, she's more deserving of this award than anyone else. Uh, Cause that's all she's done with her platform. So that's awesome. Congratulations, Ari. We're proud of you, girl. Congratulations. (laughs) We love, we love giving out flowers here. And, you know, we talked about how important Ari is to helping to grow the game. It's something that we all play a part in, something that's important to both of us. Personally, Zena, as woman, but also, (laughs) but it's important important. to us. And and also, it's important to BFA, you know, Um, we're focused on promoting women. That's why we have Ladies First Fridays. Um, but also, you know, women's sports are great and we're not going to try to sell people on that, you know, but mm. we want to make you aware. And a lot of times it's just the awareness. And once you get to know right. more, you're like, oh, you know, and that's bearing out. That's bearing out right now. Because yeah. as we see, WNBA ratings are up substantially. They have skyrocketed. They are all yes. the way up. I was thinking of the song <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, I put that so in my feed. That's so New York of you. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, up 49%, Zena. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly, that award said sports influencer. And I know some people feel a little iffy about journalism versus influencing, but women's sports needs it, right? Women's sports need people to influence them to realize that the level of professional sports and the level of competition, the level of excitement, the level of just everything that you want in sport is on the women's side too. And so, all these influencers, Grady Diaz, uh, Tarika Foster-Brasby, like all of these people like an Ari Chambers that are influencing the world to catch up, as Ari said, is good. It's working. You're seeing this. And the more and more people get on board beyond watching NCAA basketball and transitioning into pro, I'm, I'm all for it. It's great. But I will say this, one of the things that uh, when we're thinking about ratings and watching, I was a person that actually talked about this uh, earlier in the season when I first started the WNBA, which was these games. And seeing these games change the format in the way that they're they're trying to get the fans to be involved with the game. So I know Natalie Otomo, uh, she tweeted, do we like interviewing players 
in the middle of the game. Now, I am a sideline reporter. So it is my job to go up to players after the game, particularly, and assistant coaches during the game at halftime to go ask them, like, what are you, what is, what's your strategy? What are you going to sh- fix for a second half? And I'm, you know, my goal is to give the audience, the fans, um, an idea of what are the assistant coaches picking up on that you may have not noticed. Now, fans aren't dumb, <laughs> uh, but some fans don't know everything to look for, what to pick up on. The player was like, this feels stupid. And I can imagine that there's probably other players that feel the same way. But I really think it comes down to the fans, right? Like the W's trying to do something different this year where they have in-game coach coach interviews now that's i hate it i'm sorry i hate it it's distracting i feel like the coaches are trying to do their job and here they are having a press conference in the middle of the game i'm not for it however i know that there's some fans that are like yo this is so different this is so cool i i know that the WNBA is trying to do something different to get more fans involved but i don't i don't know if this is the move uh but it's it's interesting to see as a sideline reporter hearing a player say, I don't want to be asked these questions. And as a former player, I can imagine how distracting that might be. I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm over here trying to play the game. And here I am having to answer a question about why someone is out rebounding me <laughs> or why someone is, uh, you know, why are we doing so well in the paint? Like, it's like, I don't know. Y'all watch the game. I got to go to that the locker room we have things to talk about and so I I get why Natalie tweeted that uh the comments were interesting I would be very very curious to see how someone from the W that is a it's more of a basketball focused league right fans of the W really like the X of the nose they like pretty basketball uh as Jerry West said uh, says all the time they like pretty basketball whereas on the in the NBA side people like the excitement they like the big dunks. They like the, you know, the flow of the game and things of that sort more so um, in the men's game. So I'd be interested to see if men's basketball fans uh, responded in the same way to Natalie's tweet about just being annoyed about the the interviews. Because you get really good, like, sound bites out of them a lot of the time, too. So I don't know. But it was a really, it was a very interesting question posed. And I felt torn as a former player and a sideline reporter. I hear you. You know, my namesake <laughs> is very smart. I tend to agree with her, even though I didn't play. I often like think when I'm watching, this is so annoying. Whether it's NBA games, WNBA, I'm just like, like, don't bother me at this moment. I mean, at times, right. I think, I think <laughs> post games can be annoying, right? So mm-hmm. I can only imagine heat of the moment. So yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a good question to ask. Uh, yeah. But you know, there's. Uh, you know, some other uh, trending storylines right now going on in the W, right? And Mm. so one of them involves uh, uh, Mr. President POTUS, Joe Biden, um, who has been known in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Do your research. You have a team. You have people around you that are literally paid to ensure you are providing the right information to the American public. They are not the first professional team. And this is in reference, obviously of the Las Vegas Knights. Congratulations to them. We are not taking anything away from them. Uh, first first championship uh, in six seasons, the first NHL team to do that. That's amazing. Not taking anything away from them. But there is also a new team in town that also did that very quickly in the Las Vegas Aces. And they actually did it faster. And Mr. President. They, they did. And you know, someone, can we pull up Joe Biden's tweet? Um, just like what he said. Because... 
you know, now we're doing like a little wordsmithing here. But someone mm-hmm. said to me, this is really just poorly written. So not to get too mm. into semantics, but if you read okay. this, the second sentence, if you read them as two isolated sentences, like I understand the way most of us are interpreting it and the way Asia did. But the second sentence is just saying like, because they were the first major team in four yes in vegas like in the city of vegas that that's what the second sentence represents and so i don't know but it just didn't read well he hasn't corrected it he hasn't changed it and as you know asia did not appreciate the inability to quote it i just want to point out though that i do think there is also a little bit of sensitivity um, um well one we're our, our alerts are always up for the shading <laughs> you know of women's <laughs> basketball for sure but right. there was a, a reporter who had tweeted somebody in the media who had like tweeted some time ago something similar mm. like this about you know the aces and uh not the aces but about parades and like you know in vegas and at that time he was completely disregarding the aces so Mm. i believe that's why asia like their their senses were up even more to react like this right yeah and here it is where she's like it's literally yeah yeah, it's like she's this was like in the summer you know because this Mm -hmm. as you can see what he tweeted you know and so she's just like oh it was lit and she put the picture up because like why are you Mm. disregarding the aces like we didn't have a parade in this city already so i think i think that's why her senses were up even more but it should be noted because i think some people are thinking the aces were not invited that is not true they're just still trying to work out the dates of that visit and i believe that they will be seeing the mystics later in august so my guess is when they go to dc it'll probably be some time around then but Joe Biden get some better writers. <laughs> I know, I know. And I think that that's the thing is like because that White House trip hasn't happened yet and season's already started and, you know, that people are trying to figure out, okay, LSU went immediately, right? They're just thinking more, there's recency bias of like, LSU already went, when are, when are the Aces going to get theirs? Like they won last year, like what's going on? So yes, I 1000% agree. That's why we're a little sensitive. Okay, we're a little in our feelings about it. But Regardless of like technically NHL is a major professional sport versus just a professional sport, like WNBA is not a major league, right? Okay, sure. But sir, there's a better way to phrase that and we all know, but all right. (laughs) And there was um, also an update on the the Brittany Griner story earlier, as we know, we talked about it earlier this week on the on the on the show. She was harassed at the airport Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the calls were there like we need to we need to just make sure things are safer for, you know, the WNBA players. And the the league was already on alert because we knew the Brittany Griner situation. And so um, some really great reporters from Candace Buckner out of The Washington Post. But um, Mm -hmm. she uh, spoke to some people after the situation occurred. And we we did learn that um, there's an arrangement worked out for like public charter flights um mm. you know as well so but what what did you make of this update Zena? well i think lindsay Di- diarcangelo who was a freelance writer for the, the athletic tweeted a really great tweet this morning that like the WNBA is at a special crossroads right now right you've got ratings are up but then you've got this this incident with the charter um or, or wanting to charter and making sure that players are safe uh wanting to expand teams uh, thinking about their TV deal with ESPN about to be up. Uh, there's a lot going on in the WNBA that could really just propel them 
uh, in the next few years. And this is a major issue, especially because of what happened with BG. What I loved about uh, Candace's article was actually talking about the ideas that were had that actually weren't followed through on or, or were shot down. And one of the things that she thought I did not know about so many people don't know, Jaron Jackson of the Memphis Grizzlies' mom is actually the head of the WNBPPA. And she went to the NBPA, the National Basketball Players Association, and pitched that whenever NBA players are fined, that a portion of those fines are earmarked for the WNBA. Those fines go to charity anyways. So she had the brilliant, I think, idea, why not use these fines to help support travel for these women. And apparently the, the general gist was that the WNBA said, we're not a charity. And I understand that. I understand not wanting to position yourself as if, oh, we need handouts from the men. But this isn't a time for pride. This is a time for safety, right? This is a time to make sure that BG can walk with her teammates. Yes. After having spent months in isolation, she can walk with Absolutely. her teammates in peace and be on a plane with her teammates. So I think this that idea being shot down, I'm happy that was brought to light because here are people trying to make ideas work, trying to make solutions work. And that was an interesting one that didn't come through. So I'm very curious now, now that that's out there, what is the WNBA gonna do to work harder and smarter for their players? We're watching you, WNBA. Mm -hmm. All right, but you guys keep watching because we'll be right back. We have so much more to talk about. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. down today in the NBA. John Morant suspended for 25 games. He's already issued a statement. It says, I've had time to reflect and I realize how much hurt I've caused. I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates, and the city of Memphis. To the kids who look up to me, I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better. To all of my sponsors, I'm going to be better representation of our brands and to all of my fans I'm going to make it up to you I promise that's John Morant <laughs> and this is Marcus Thompson of The Athletic and woohoo Michael Smith host <laughs> and face one of the faces a brother from another welcome to the show guys thanks for having me first time long time <laughs> so the job news came down today we've been waiting i think we all anticipated it would probably be after mm -hmm. the the parade and my initial thoughts are i think 25 games probably feels right i think that's appropriate but you know they made sure that it was long enough so that he wouldn't be eligible for any awards right because we know some of those rule changes came in earlier in the year uh so Hopefully it's enough to make him feel it. We've heard him apologize before. We've seen him issue statements again, maybe that he had help with from an app, but we've seen him issue statements, <laughs> you know, before uh, apologizing. So I don't know if this time is going to do the trick, but 
we will see. Uh, Zena, what were your initial thoughts when you when you heard about the suspension? Uh, I thought the same thing about the 25 games uh, and in the sense of, okay, it's fair that he won't be able to get any awards, but it feels doable. I mean, like if, if I'm John Morant, I don't feel completely uh, relegated out of this season in, in the sense that I won't have a, an opportunity to make an impact. And I really just feel like he just needs to stay with what he's saying. The fact that he's only gotten 25 games, he's not suspended for a year, and Nike, his sponsor, who he just launched a big shoe with, is saying, we're on your side. We, we're pleased that you're taking accountability. We're excited to like see you stay the course and we'll continue to support you. This is good for Ja. This is an opportunity for him, for real redemption. Uh, and it would, it's, it would just be such a cool redemption story for him to actually, you know, to make these mistakes and then come back. Because we know too often, most athletes don't get that opportunity. Yeah. You know, Mike Smith has taught me well, and he always says we, we let our company speak first. So Marcus Thompson, mm -hmm. uh, John News broke. What were your initial thoughts on the, the suspension and the amount of time? I think you may be on Not mute. Not you on mute. <laughs> You're on mute, I believe, Marcus. He said he's not on mute. I can I can't out for you very well. Marcus like, nah, I didn't. Marcus like, <laughs> I did my job. Like <laughs> <laughs> So Mike, Mike, what did what did you think about the suspension? Yeah, Marcus, we're gonna get you figured out. I'll go ahead and uh and take the baton here, bro. Um my initial response when I saw it was, oh, that's it? Because, I mean, I guess we have built it up to be, you know, some mm -hmm. kind of, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. half a season, if not – yeah, yo, Marcus, you there? All right. We I got you now. We got one, you now, too. <laughs> well, check, mic check, one, two. Turn my mic up. Mic check, one, two. <laughs> turn my music up. Turn me down. Turn my headphones up. Um, but I'll just, I'll just be quick, and I'll give it back to you, Marcus. Um my initial reaction was, oh, that's it, because we had expected it, especially since Adam Silver said, we'll wait until after the finals to announce it. It's, mm. It felt like it was going to be 50 games, maybe even a full season. But when I when I saw 25, I was like, oh, that's not bad at all. But really, the number mm -hmm. wasn't the most important thing to me. The, num the, the, the suspension to me, all I care about when it comes to John Morant is, is this a wake-up call, a true wake-up call, and not a snooze button? Uh, because he lost a bunch of money not making all NBA. He's lost a bunch of money from his eight-game suspension. This is now three times that amount. He's going to lose uh, pay for this suspension. And most important, there are conditions. It's a conditional 25-game suspension. Yeah. And provided the league is serious, and provided he meets those conditions, he'll be back after 25 games. If he doesn't, then it could be longer. So whether it was 25, 50, a season, all I care about is that my man gets his shit together. Like once and for all, you know, mm. um, because this has gone too far, whether it's the social media or the other incidents that he's alleged to have been a part of. That are, um, uh, it's time. Enough's enough. Yeah. And hopefully this is enough to actually, truly get attention by the mark reading his statement, because I don't care what he says. I care what he does at this point or doesn't do. Yeah, and the union, they actually already put out a statement, um, you know, saying that they they don't really like those conditions. They feel like it's arbitrary. Um, so we'll, we'll, I don't think it's going to change, but they, they're, they don't completely support the ruling that's come down from the league. Marcus, I know we got you now. You were going to say... 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> we lost Marcus again. <laughs> well, we're not trying we ain't letting them be great. Yeah, we're not trying to let Marcus be great. I think it's my fault. I, I think it's my fault. I think I think I'm too too many. I, I, I think I'm one I think I'm one guest too many. I'm, I'm, I'm taking up the bandwidth. What y'all doing? <laughs> okay, here it is. Stop there we go. Go ahead before we lose you. Stop playing with my mic. What y'all doing? I got something to say. The South got something to say, Mike. <laughs> all right, so I'm ahead, not surprised Marcus. at all. I figured it'd be about 25, right? Like, that makes sense. But I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I, like you, Mike, I want Ja to get it together. I need him to get it together. There's so much potential here for Ja Morant, right? Like, he is – he could be the face of the league, and he's really blowing it. And I want that for him. But at the same time, this – I must admit this makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I don't like the parental tone of it. I don't like this idea that mm. somehow the – this is about like, hey man, we go, we doing this for the betterment of black people. Like, 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 just let's just judge Ja on Ja. Let's not try to make this about a referendum on culture. Like, it just feels weird coming from the NBA. And the reason I say that is because if that's the stance we're taking, and I'm I'm one thousand percent against what Ja's doing. I think it's wrong. I think it, I think he's being like incredibly not smart by doing this. I do think it's harmful. I do think it perpetuates itself. Like all that stuff is true. I just don't know how I feel about the NBA playing the role of like, you know, Cornel West, Dr. Harry Edwards in this matter <laughs> and, and suspending him with that tone. That's the part that makes me a little bit like, all right, these are the same arenas where I hear, you know, Soldier Boy talk about Superman that hoe in. It's like, uh, we, we got some, we got some mm. elements that we really could talk yeah. about if you really want to get down to it. Like, just judge job based on job, based on his behavior, and leave, like, the savior component out of it to me. Leave mm-hmm. the, so you're, you're, your, your mentor issue, your issue to markers. the people. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, the language. That's the part that just makes the... me feel a little bit like, eh, I don't right. really like the way that feels and sounds, right? Like, because in the, the bottom I mean, line, is, okay. if this was a white guy, you would be saying, well, on behalf of suburban white guys we got to suspend you right. because of the example you're like you ain't doing right. none of that like so don't it's reminiscent like, it's reminiscent of island iverson right when they came down with those those guidelines on how to dress and how to do your hair and all the above like when you're the poster child and you're supposed to be the best but you don't fit the, the narrative and you don't fit the aesthetic of the league they're going to use you as the poster boy of we got to get you in line and that is i agree with you from the start anyone having conversations around he waved a gun. I agree. I don't think it was smart, just like you, Marcus. But it's strange for the NBA to be talking about something that isn't illegal in general, right? Uh, and so I think a lot of people had an issue with that in the beginning. But yeah, it gives me very Allen Iverson vibes of trying to get someone in line to well, fit the aesthetic of the NBA, too. Yeah, I think, you know, that's what's tricky about this. Marcus won't be like you. What the actual problematic language was for you? Just I want to make sure I I, heard, I understand it that you're saying because I may have missed some of the you know the phrasing that you're talking about. I just want to make sure. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but the uh-huh. the whole idea that Ja is an example for children, okay. and we want to correct him so he could be a better example for children. Uh, right. And just talking to people behind the scenes is like. 
Okay. That's the talk. And I just feel like the care of black children doesn't begin with punishing Ja. Like, if we don't really talk about this, there's a lot of elements we can talk about the NBA. Because to me, if we really want to go there, like, let's start talking about the materialism of black children, right? Let's talk about some of the messages that we send. And, you know, me, I'm old school. I'm a little conservative, you know, about it. I feel like, hey, you shouldn't be having guns and all that. But if I'm not out here acting like Ja's the savior of communities either. Like, Ja is just Ja. Just judge him for Ja. That's it. Let's leave the social component out of it because when it's coming from the NBA, this is the same league that instituted the dress code. This is the same league that prevents black men from working until they turn 19, right? right. Even though that's kind of anti-American. Like there, there are just there are other issues where it's like, well, hold on. If this is the concern, we should probably do some things a little bit differently. So let's just judge Ja on Ja's own behavior because his behavior is, is worthy of punishment. We don't need to bring in this other element that I don't think the NBA is positioned to be uh, an authority on. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I, I appreciate that nuance there, Marcus. But I'll say this. Okay, maybe the NBA is the wrong messenger, but – the message stands for me. And here's right. what I mean I by that. 1,000%. <laughs> like, because I don't remember them saying black children, but black or white children look up to John Moran. Both of them look up. Mm-hmm. Both, all, all, all groups of kids, NBA fans globally, look up to John Moran. And, and as we know, we want to really get, you know, honest about this conversation. Uh, and I know you guys will, but for those at home, there are different connotations and stereotypes associated with black people and guns when the majority of the people committing mass shootings don't look like the people on this program and don't look like John Moran. So gun, th- th- we have a gun issue in this country across the board, regardless of, of, col- of color, of background, of socioeconomic status. Having said that, John Moran, all of them are watching John Moran, and it is problematic when you see somebody that, you know, sorry, Charles Barkley, he is a role model, and he is waving guns on social media, being reckless with guns. And the other part about the legality of it or the or, or the, the lack of illegal activity here, or even just, and I've seen this a lot when it comes to a lot of this talk, the conversation around this, is like, oh, you got politicians, you know, having guns on Christmas cards. And, you know, mm-hmm. white people, this is about black people not being able to bear arms. I've said a million times on this show, I got a lot of guns, more guns than I need, more guns than my wife wants me spending money on. I don't go around flashing them. And so I'm not here to tell John Moran what he can and cannot own. And I'm certainly not, I'm certainly one for black legal responsible gun ownership in this country. On the other hand, the NBA already told you stop flashing your guns on social media. So I'll echo you, Marcus, and I'll say this: This is about John Morant flashing guns on social media. This ain't about Thanks. black people or black children and guns. This mm-hmm. ain't about whether it was legal or not in an open carry state. Dude, stay on social media. Have all the guns you want. You ain't got to flash them. We suspended you eight times, eight games for it the first time. It didn't get through. Hopefully three times that amount will. But I'm with you, Marcus. The NBA, uh, there's this old song. Remember the both Northern records that they used to play on, on, on TV, like the, the hits, like if you could, you could buy, you order, dial like the 1-800 number, and you get this, this old school R&B record. There's a gospel record, and, and, and it's all, this song is always in my head. Sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. 
ultimately everyone here <laughs> um wants john morant to be able to thrive and succeed right mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. want him to rebound from this and and stop the foolishness but you know at the end of the day i like i agree with marcus on the tone i don't i don't i don't like some of that but at the end of the day you know this this is about a contract this is about like an employer employee relationship right and it's you better like, lawyer it up such yeah, a that, that, that's, what this re- that's what this really <laughs> yeah. is. You're right. <laughs> and you're right. like the, the fact is you're governed by additional rules, right? Like that mm-hmm. others are not. And that just is what it is. It's like when I was still practicing law, you know, like I had to make sure there are certain things I just couldn't do because I'm an officer of the court and there would be additional pen- penalties for me. Right. And so right. they, yes, it's not anything illegal, but as his employer, they have the right to govern his actions, but also just knowing that you were already in trouble for this, like, it's just not smart to do it again. So. Yeah, but I, I, to me, I, I feel a little bit better if they just kept out the conversation part about, like, because look, what if Josh is not a role model? Like, who said every NBA, black NBA player who's a star got to be a role model? Nobody say what, what, uh, what wait, so we get into Marvin. the Charles Barkley discussion, right? Okay, like, but here's not, the thing. Like, and, and, but they and, are. And, just, and just how does the NBA get to determine, how does the NBA get to determine who's a role model and who's not? Like, that's just but guess what? the NBA. But guess what? Also, in the NBA, you are a role model. Yeah, but it's right. not even just the NBA, guys. It's so, not even just right, the NBA. So that's the case. When you are a prominent police, black figure. I understand that. When you're, but we got to police yeah. more than just this thing. How about we police yeah. fatherhood? How about we police how you treat black women? How about we police all this but, stuff? Like, are we sure, just talking but about But that's this? a conversation, right. And I agree with you, Marcus. And I'm that's saying nobody want to have that. Have. Like, how about- you know, uh, We, we want to have that. I, I think some yeah, of us do right. want to have yeah. that conversation, yeah. but they determine which is real. Go ahead, Zina. What's hard about this whole situation is that you're absolutely right, Marcus. These topics extend beyond just the situation of all the things that we could police. That is a conversation we need to have internally in our community. What's Correct. awkward about this is that this is playing in a, a public setting, right? Where other people who are not in our community are having stay or influence in the way that our community should police itself. And that is what's unfortunate about this. Now, that being said, heavy is the head. Right. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, if you are going to be a prominent black figure, whether you're an NBA player, a politician, a person on television, anything heavy is the head that wears a crown in the sense that you unfortunately represent your people. I work at The Athletic. I know two people, me and another black woman that are the black women on the headquarters side of The Athletic. Every room I'm in, I am the only black woman. No one's policing me. No one's giving me guidelines or general conditions on how I should behave, but I know how I have to represent my community. And that is the thing that regardless of the NBA, regardless of whatever, of of his employer, John Morant has to know is that I know this feels uncomfortable, that your employer is the one putting you out there to to be the, the role model for black children and all the above, but you have to know that for yourself. 
beyond all of this. And that's what he's saying. I think that's what his tweet was saying today. And that's what, that's the point that we're trying to get is like, NBA, you should have judged him for just John Morant, but John Morant, you got to judge yourself for knowing who you are in the community too. And I feel yeah. like we can judge him. Like, I feel like I can say, yeah, we can, right. works yeah. For him, yeah. but, like, yo, bro, right, come on, I agree. Man. Like, you're killing right. me, Smokey, right? Like, I can, Basically, I can like, have that vibe. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm that's, saying. It's, it's our awkward, community yeah. can do that. But it's just right. awkward that's because it's NBA doing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And speaking of Guys, this was a great you're killing me. Wait, what, Marcus? Why? You, what? No, Ja is like killing me. Like he's got it right there. It's all. I, right know, I know. It's man. all for the so, taking, and he just wants come to just. On, man. It's silly. He's got we, it. We're cheering for him. We got. He got it. He's and got this it. is he's why good. Adam Silver <laughs> did not want to release the Ja news before <laughs> during the finals and before because we should be it talking about. The Denver Nuggets, and we're not. We're not. Mm. They just had their parade yesterday. They just had their champion. Don't want to talk about him anyway. It's good. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, <laughs> let's give let's give Denver a little love just before we go. Before we go quickly, because Marcus, you wrote something recently, and you said this is the new era, and I just need to ask you about that quickly because I want to know. But first, mm-hmm. let's hear from Jokic and 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 Michael Malone yesterday at the parade. You know that I I told that uh, I don't want to stay on parade, but I. You want to stay on three. This is the best that I'm Yeah, this is, this is amazing. This is, uh, we're all going to remember this the, our whole lives. What a great day to celebrate a championship, but we're not done yet. We're some greedy bastards, baby. We're some greedy bastards. We're getting another one, and I'm out. Yo, tell me, is Brucey B going anywhere? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Hey, we're running this shit back. We're running this shit back. Oh, yeah. What? Get loud. Get loud. Get loud. I just want y'all to know from now on, I know he don't want to be called Mike, but he is white Mike, and that is a that is a term of endearment Come because on, right. Michael Malone was on hey, one. Setting, Everyone give me your quick take before we go on the next one. Ooh, too much. If every NBA player does not want to sign with the Denver Nuggets, something is wrong with you. I want to. I will run for right. all from Michael Malone right about now. <laughs> for real, all I'm saying is he's re- he's he's setting a bad example for suburban fathers everywhere. And we, <laughs> <laughs> he came, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. It was the change. It was the chain for me. It was the chain for me with black men with no shirts on all around him. I mean, yeah, he had a posse. He was white Mike yesterday. He was enjoying himself. But stay in the moment, Mike. Don't be talking about next year. Just stay in the moment. Oh, Enjoy oh, the parade. Oh, oh yeah. Look Michael at him. Swag walking. Yeah, he, he was, was having a great time. So Natalie, you disagree with my take, though. You disagree with my well, take that this is the Yoka chair? G, G, I wonder why. G, I wonder why. Uh, no, we want to know more about your take. Like, what What do you, you mentioned, and, you know, we obviously read your article, but we want to take it from you directly about this new era of, of Nikola Jokic. Well, it's, it's, it's the era that says you can no longer put five guards on the court and win because you got to deal with mm. this dude. Like, you're going to have to, you got to play with size. I mean, we watched Anthony Davis and, and Bam Adebayo who are probably two of the the five best small ball centers 
like you could find, like the the, the perfect Definitely kind of athletic. balance of defense and all. Yeah, yeah. They just they were just completely overwhelmed by Jokic. So what I mean mm. by the Jokic there is like number one, you know you got to deal with them, and I could just picture Steph like, all right, let's go, right? You could picture like Bron like, all right, or Giannis like, all right, what do you need yeah. to get through these Nuggets? And you mm. just can't throw a power forward behind this dude, right? <laughs> like especially if he's right. got pieces around him. Like, like we watched the Warriors do this in the first round last year, and that small ball lineup did not work against Jokic. They had to play Kevon Looney with them. They needed somebody out there, and that's going to be the difference. And now you start getting the copycats, right? Now you start to get the – you know how the league kind of follows the newest thing. Like, mm-hmm. the big's been back, but we hadn't seen a big carry a team to a championship. And that changes right. it. the same way the Warriors were the jump shoot team. Remember that, Matt? Like, yes, I do. I do. And then they won a championship by hit threes. And now everybody got to shoot threes. So now I just, I, I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying they're going to become a dynasty. But you have to deal with Nikola Jokic if you want to win a title. And dealing with him mm. requires you having a big man. You cannot throw little guys out there because he's going to crucify them. Uh, and as long as they got Jamal Murray to pieces around him, you can't just load up on him the way. So I do think other right. dudes will win a title, but he's in the mix now for sure. Marcus, thank you so much. You know, you got to come back on because hey. we got some things to discuss. Mike Smith, you were going to say and something? Now, before you take us a break, before you take us a break, this is one of my favorite segments in Brothers from Another History. Four box, technical difficulties. Get on the screen. Of course, as he's closing it, there it happens. A dude on Zoom in the car. Like, this was like, this is brother from the nutshell right here. Yes, the hazards of live TV. <laughs> Guys, that. thank you for sticking with we us. We have another great combo coming up. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So we recently learned that Tori Bowie passed away, but we didn't know the circumstances of her death until earlier this week. Um, and she, she passed away uh, due to pregnancy-related complications. She went into childbirth, and she was alone, and she passed away. And so we're going to talk about it because we need to talk about so many of the pregnancy-related deaths that happen for black women. And I have an amazing panel here to help me out with this really um, important discussion, uh, difficult discussion, and one that um, everyone should care about, but it feels like no one cares about it but black women. So we have Dawn Montgomery and Shalise Manzi-Young. Thank you and welcome to the show. So let's get into it. You know, it's hard because it's like, when we, mm-hmm. when you first heard, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Dawn, when you first heard that Tori had passed away, what was your initial reaction? Because there were no details provided. So, you know, I actually was initially concerned. I was like, oh, God forbid, I hope she didn't die by suicide. You know, because a lot of times when it first comes out that someone passes and they don't reveal mm-hmm. anything, 
it sometimes can be that. So I was just like, you know, um, I wasn't expecting this though. Right. I think my initial reaction was how, like, and I hate to be that person, but someone who followed her career from Southern Miss, she's from the South Mississippi, um, and became an Olympian, um, and all of the things that most of us young black women in South Mississippi were looking forward to becoming or being, um, it was like, okay, how? Because this is right. someone who was 32 years old. She was young. Um, we didn't know that she was pregnant. Like that wasn't publicly known. Um, and so when the details eventually came out, I think initially for me, I started feeling really, really sad just because I started seeing the messages, right? And some of the things that were being said on social media. And I pointed this out again after the actual details came out earlier this week because it made it seem as if she committed suicide and then there were anti-vaxxers online trying to say that she possibly died from um, vaccine-related complications. And that's very frustrating because yet again, even in death, no one's listening to a black woman, right? Even in death, right. no one's taking our death or our issues seriously. Um, it's almost as if it's just a running joke and it's not fair to her. And I, I'm very, very, very heartbroken about um, finding out these details. And I was I, like, literally I broke down when the real details came out about her pregnancy because of my own story and how I've worked with black women's health imperative and talked about overcoming racial bias in healthcare. This is something that is almost, it's, it's, it's literally something that I think our president and vice president should really take a lot more seriously. And I feel as if it shouldn't just be black women just talking about this. Like, yes, it's important to uplift our voices and amplify our issues and our experiences with this, but it's like, who else cares about our well-being? Who else cares about whether or not we die alone? Who else cares whether mm -hmm. or not if we say we're in pain that you hold us over for at least 48 to 72 hours to monitor us to make sure that we're okay? Like, who who else cares? Yeah. Shalise, um, you know, mm -hmm. one of the just, I don't, Remarkable probably isn't the right word, but um, one of the things about this story is that her teammates um, almost experienced death as a result of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Like, how can mm -hmm. someone pass away and then in such close proximity have two other teammates that um, experience something that that's, you know, life threatening also because of pregnancy? that it shouldn't be like this it should be like an anomaly it should be once in a blue and in such a close sector of people they they also had their own scares that was the thing that was it was just incredible you know allison felix who prior to her daughter cameron being born was pretty private she wasn't really out in the public eye that much not for somebody as successful as she was as a track and field athlete um, we already knew her birthing story. And then Tiana Madison, who at the time was competing as Tiana Bartoletta, was one of the other members of that 4x100 group from the from the 2016 Rio Games. And those two women, Tori Bowie and English Gardner, they were in the second fastest 4x100 time ever. They won the gold medal that year. And here we are seven years later, and three of those four women pregnant and one of them died and two of them nearly died. And as I wrote, you know, in any other country, that probably wouldn't happen, but it would be an absolute stain on the community, the medical community, the government, 
it would be an absolute stain. In, in any other country, if three out of the four women on a championship relay team nearly died in childbirth, one of them ultimately dying in childbirth, it would be fixed instantly. Um, but this right. is the United States, and this is a uniquely American problem. You know, the data shows that the maternal mortality rate in the United States is far worse. It was worse before COVID, and it's only gotten worse in this country since COVID. And the gap between the number of black women who die because of pregnancy versus the number of white women who die in pregnancy, has that gap has gotten larger. It doesn't matter if we're educated or not. You could have a PhD as a black woman, and your chances of dying in childbirth are still higher than a high school-educated white woman. It's such a disgusting, disturbing, but eminently fixable problem. And that, of course, is what brings it back to it's a United States issue. You know, Lauren Underwood, a representative from Illinois, two years ago introduced something called the Momnibus Bill. It would allocate a billion dollars for seven or eight key areas to help lower specifically in the, you know, in the black women's community, you know, black women to help lower that number for black women specifically. But of course, all women would benefit. All pregnant people would benefit. Mm. Has it been passed yet? No, of course not. Gina, you know, there were some other yeah. details that got revealed about this story that were also mm -hmm. alarming. Um, she only weighed 96 pounds, you know, reportedly um, before her death which I know she was small, we understand right. she's an athlete, but that just seems, you know, I don't know much about like the care she was under. Um, there's right. some reports that she had some, you know, I, you know, concerns about hospitals, um, but she mm -hmm. was alone. There, there's allegedly reports about maybe like relationship issues. I don't mm -hmm. know that this is actually relevant to the story, you know, but they're, they're talking yeah. about the fact that uh, she's bipolar. So th there were a number of things just coming out that I don't think many of us knew. I didn't know about her. Um, and I just wonder if there was something else going on or other things at play, you know, during her pregnancy. And that's the thing that stresses me out the most about this situation. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't stress because that's literally the thing that is causing so many issues within black women. When you think about the generational epigenetic impacts on the way that we carry ourselves to the world, having to carry the burdens of so many other people or so many of our communities and how that can impact us uh, and our personal health when we're carrying life. I mean, these things are real things that are going through our bloodstream, particularly in the United States. You think about the fact that Tori Bowie was from Mississippi Right. Think about where she came from, a, a town that she once said had one streetlight and the, the pressure she felt to represent for her people and to, to help and give back to her people. That's a lot of stress. Then you hear about these alleged issues with her, her, the, her partner that who, with whom she had the baby. That's a lot of stress. Then you think about the fact that she was a public figure representing the United States and performing and competing on high levels. That's a lot of stress. And so this this whole situation is so nuanced because you're talking about the systemic issue of people not caring about black women and black mothers. You're talking about the communal issue of where were the people around her that, you know, could have been checking on her, should have been checking on her. And you don't want to assume anything, right? Because you don't know what people had access to or what people knew or what we didn't know, et cetera. But it's, it's, it just shows you just how interlaid all of these issues are and how complex and nuanced all of this is. And the only thing that really comes to mind when I'm hearing Shalise talking about passing legislation and, and Dawn as well, 
I just recently watched um, the Brooke Shields story. That's on Hulu. And uh, and I really admire, I still vividly remember this as a young person, Brooke Shields going on uh, Oprah and for the first time publicly talking about postpartum depression and how she didn't want her baby. And the audience was like, what? But she sold a book where she explained all of this, made millions. She was able, and they say this in, this, in the documentary, she was able to get a law passed in which millions of dollars were earmarked to be able to help research around postpartum depression. And I'm just wondering, we have seen prominent figures, Allison Felix, uh, Serena Williams, like what is it going to take for these huge, these huge figures that are supposed to represent not only the best of our country and, and the best of our athletic competition, but also the best of our fitness and our health and all of the things that you're supposed to have in order to carry life, what is it going to take before our government stands up and says, the healthiest among us are still dealing with these issues. The most educated among us are still dealing with these issues. Let's do something about it. it it's a, it's, I don't know what the answer is other than work being done from a systemic pr- perspective to make this important. Yeah, I think, I, I, oh, go ahead, Shalice. Um, There were reports, you know, Tory's longtime agent um, spoke with the New York Times and spoke with CBS Morning News this week. um, And she said that Tory had become more reclusive in recent years, but they Mm -hmm. had been speaking during Tory's pregnancy. And she said that the last time she spoke to Tory, Tory didn't complain about any sort of health issues um, and was happy. So it does seem like there are still a lot of unanswered questions, but it does sound right. like there were people trying, you know, to maintain uh, contact with her. Yeah. Apparently, according to the agent, there was some talk of Tori maybe moving from Florida, where she was at the time, to Atlanta, um, because that's where the agent lives, and for the agent to help her, um, you know, take care of of the baby, which I believe was a girl. So it's, you know, as you said, Zena, it's just so there's so many things woven into this um but there is like it can be fixed you know there can be steps in that maybe we don't eradicate it entirely you know that you have to the medical community has to start including black people into the medical you know testing that they do i saw there was a, a study released earlier this year i think it was led by temple university and it's a small study of, of women, but they think that depression shows up very differently in black women than it shows up in other women. But because nobody's ever studied how we deal with it and how we look at it, then it's just now coming to light that this is what it is, you know, that black right. women, mm-hmm. because there is so much pressure on us, you know, you mentioned all that pressure, mm-hmm. we internalize all that and, and how depression looks for us isn't just, oh, we're kind of sad, right? Because right. <laughs> in a lot of ways for, for far too many of us, we don't have the luxury of being like, I feel awful today. The the black cloud has completely enveloped me. I need to just take a mm-hmm. take the day off and, mm-hmm. you know, let the cloud dissipate a little bit. Many of us don't have that luxury. So, you know, there's so many steps, but again, you know, I mean, you mentioned Serena. Beyonce had preeclampsia. This is yeah. oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So many that's right. I, I, I literally, that's right. I literally mouthed 
Beyonce. Like when mm -hmm. you have someone like Beyonce that has gone through these things, it's also it's just one of those things where it also humanizes who they are too. Because mm -hmm. someone like myself or someone who's watching this who has their own story, we are just as well as important as these people but at the same time the resources that they have we may not have access to and so it, it's very hurtful when you hear these stories and the people that you've either followed throughout their careers you're fans of even if you're not a fan of them they look like you you can relate to them um you want to make sure that the next black woman or somebody standing next to you is going to be fine um and it's just very frustrating that for us no one's trying to really get down to what the actual issues are for us and really just really listening to us. Because when we're in pain, we're in pain. When we're hurting, right. we're hurting. When we need medicine, we need medicine. We're not doing that to get high off of anything or anything like that, because I've heard that personally. So it's very, very mm -hmm. hard. Wait, um, guys, this is a discussion, obviously, that needs more time than we can give it. But I'm so thankful you all came on to talk about yeah. it, you know, the, I think the thing that hurts my heart the most is that she died alone. And I, I think of the way that we can lead busy lives and for days, maybe not just talk to a family member and they send the welfare check, but it, it can happen so easily. And it's not because you don't have people around you who love you, but our lives are so busy. So yeah. we say this when people pass, check on your loved ones, but um, just sending mm -hmm. all the love to Tori, um, to Tori and her family. And um, we gotta do better for black women. We gotta do better. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. Check on a friend today, y'all. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thanks for joining us for another Ladies First Friday. We're so grateful for the long weekend. No show on Monday. Go enjoy Juneteenth by my Africa earrings, just to represent for the ancestors. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Enjoy the weekend. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.